if we haven't met, if you're watching online or if you're here in the building and we've not had a chance to say hi, my name is David, I'm the team leader here at Woody's um, Church family. And um, it's our Vision Sunday. So again, real apologies. I've, I've, I have met a number of you who are here for the very first time in the building. And um, we're going to be a little bit in-house today. Again, if you're watching online, we are going to be a little bit in-house. We're going to be talking about what we feel we're called to be. And that's a little bit unusual for us. But if, if you are in that position, thank you so much for coming, first of all. And it does take a bit of courage to go to a strange church building and meet some strange people. And I hope, too, that you will feel that there's something in that vision that you can relate to and that you think, oh, well, maybe, actually, the things that I've been feeling about my life and its call and its significance finds a bit of a resonance here. So um, that's my little disclaimer. Uh, it's also great to have with us in the building today Mick and Tricia Woodhead, and they're, they're sat somewhere in the middle there, alongside Richard Pollard. And also, it's great to have next to Richard, Hattie Coombs, because Hattie has just come to live in my house, actually. She's going to be training at Bristol Baptist College to be a, a minister, I think, she thinks. And um, she's been placed at Woodlands, uh, with, with us at Southside. So, and and for, for Mick and Trish, Mick, Mick um, used to be the the senior leader of St. Thomas Crook's Church of Sheffield, a very significant Anglican church and ministry, and he's our lead reviewer. So it's not Ofsted, you know, honestly. I'm not wearing this jacket because Mick's here. Honestly, I would have worn this anyway, but um, we're so grateful that, that Mick and Trish have come, and there's a, a fantastic team of about, about 10 people who are going to come and, and give us the wisdom of their external eyes and ears on what we're about so that we can be better tuned in to fulfill our call and mission as a church, as a church family, at this really strategic time in our nation. And as I begin this little sharing of vision, the first and most important thing to say, actually, is that vision is not something that's new every year. You know, I, I think sometimes churches can lurch a bit if you kind of think we're going from one vision to another. Vision has something of permanence about it. Actually, we're fulfilling or trying to fulfill a vision that goes back a long way. Rob Scott Cook's here today, and, and we, we're really... Um, part of caught up in a vision that, that God gave to Rob way back in the 1970s about what it meant to see Bristol transformed with the love and power of God. But of course, beyond that and further than that, Rob was only responding to the vision that God gave him because God called all of his people, all of his church, to have a vision to go into the world, to make disciples of all nations. And that vision, we, we think, will not have run its course until Jesus returns. So the big picture is that. But though vision is, is a kind of very much a, 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 a fixed thing for us, um, priorities change. Uh, practice, well, priorities don't change too much, but they may, may be adapted, but practices change. And so for us, as, as, as we think about our vision, we want to think, what does it look like to put vision into practice? And practices change with a, with a world that's rapidly changing and where a society is very mobile and the challenges we face may be new all the time. So that's my little intro. So as we think about vision, I just want to think a little bit about where we are in the world and in the nation right now. And I'm going to perhaps read this a little bit more formally because it feels to me that we are in troubled times, that the world and the nation are deeply divided. In our time, we are experiencing an extraordinary battle for truth. People find it hard to know what to believe with the various voices that are speaking to them. And people uh, are believing the most uh, fantastic, extraordinary things about the world. Conspir conspiracy theories, 
abound. And what's more, many of our, our political leaders are very economical with the truth, to say the least. It's not odd or unusual to suspect um, the leaders of, of nations to be lying. And that makes it very difficult for us as we try and find out what is truth. In our world, individualism or totalitarianism both seem to be on the rise, very different from this heart for the community that, that of, of common good that we're, we're wanting to be as the people of God. We're facing right now in our world economic challenges on an enormous scale. And they've been exacerbated by the war in Ukraine, of course. Climate change, environmental degradation. These are urgent challenges for us, which we're not sure how we're addressing them. People are alarmed by what seems to be a rise in, in crime, and of, 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 of violence, of, of, of sexual crime, of drug use, of, of corruption, uh, that undermines the kind of moral norms that we have been used to or to expect. Right now in our nation, we have a housing crisis, particularly in Bristol. We have an NHS crisis. We have an education crisis with these fundamental bodies being overwhelmed. We've, we've been going through an online a digital revolution, which has created all kinds of echo chambers and pressures, particularly on young people, which exacerbated the mental health crisis, which is another crisis in our world, especially for young people. There is not consensus in our society what it means to be human particularly in terms of gender. We have um, ex examining still systemic racism. We've been mourning the death of our queen, but there's been another high-profile death this week, Chris Scabber. How are we feeling about that, of an unarmed black man being shot by police in London this week? How are the black community feeling about their place in our society right now? Misogyny patriarchy. These are all issues that um, are affecting our societal perspectives and our unity as a nation. We, we're still in an ongoing, incredibly serious migrant crisis. In Bristol, there are still Syrian refugees, Afghan refugees living in hotels. We're accommodating hundreds of Ukrainians. And that's just a small glimpse of a, of a worldwide migrant crisis that is the biggest, as we know, since the Second World War. Confidence in all institutions has been eroded. And we face a more acute threat of nuclear disaster, more acute than any time in the last 50 years. So the church has never been more needed, and yet it's in sharp decline in the West. And it's in sharp decline, especially amongst the young, and it's been rocked by a series of, of sex scandals and other scandals that have undermined its moral authority. The death of Queen Elizabeth and the response to her reign speaks of a country mourning the loss of certainty, mourning the loss of integrity in leadership, all the more anxious about the future and where we're going to go. So that backdrop seems like bad news, doesn't it? And the good news is Arsenal are still on top of the Premier. Anyway, um, 
my, my, my two sons here today. One's a Manny supporter, one's a Liverpool supporter. Anyway, never mind. Um, in the light of all that, where, what about the church? What about our vision? And the reality is, against a backdrop of bad news and uncertainty, we face the potential to offer good news and hope to a world that needs it badly. C.S. Lewis famously said, pain is God's megaphone to a world. Security and comfort go with complacency and spiritual and, and, and moral deafness. But when we're faced with a crisis, often that's a wake-up call. What's God doing? I spoke with someone at our first service today who was here because of the, the, the Queen's death, because of personal crises and decided I need to come to church. And, and I think we can expect in our nation at the moment people more open to spiritual truth and to hope of the gospel than ever before. So how are we going to respond to the opportunities as well as the challenges of our time? Well, the Bible is a visionary book and it invites us to get a God's eye view of the world and of ourselves. And God's vision for the church is that she is a community of people who are so in love with him that he is the priority of their lives. And that kind of church seeks to fulfill his commission to be an outpost of his kingdom on earth. So, in other words, as a church, God has a people and we are called to be an answer to the prayer, your kingdom come. We're meant to be together a vessel that carries his kingdom life and power into the world. And so the first part of vision is, God, what is your vision for us? How do you see us? I'm just going to just read just a couple of verses from 1 Peter. This is what Peter writes and calls us to be, to be as a church. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I, I reckon that there will be many people in this room today who would say, that's my story. Once I felt lost, alone, and dislocated, far from God. But now I'm part of his chosen people. I found a place in his plan and in his kingdom purposes. I've got a new authority in my life because I'm a, a royal priesthood. That's who we are. And we need to get a good sense of who we are. And, and in that sense of calling, which is both personal and corporate, I want to explore today a little bit about what is the nature of the vessel that is Woody's, Woody's church family. What is the nature of the vessel that is the 11 o'clock service at Woodlands? And just, just the analogy of, of vehicles. Now, I've got a vehicle. It is a Citroen Berlingo van. It was given to me by Jonathan Dobson, um, Tim's um, son. And um, it was, it's really designed for carrying stuff. It's only got two seats. It's not great for carrying people, but it's great for carrying stuff. I use it to go to the fruit and veg market for our community house. I use it to go to the tip. I use it to carry furniture around. It's a great thing. It's designed for carrying. It's not designed for good looks, a bit like myself. You know, frankly, it is just, that's what it is. And other vehicles are more glamorous. You know, if you've got a Rolls-Royce, 
it's not actually designed to be a thing of beauty, but it looks a lot more elegant because it's designed for the purpose of carrying wealthy dignitaries and wealthy people around. And that's its purpose. And you've got a vehicle probably that's got its purpose. It may be just a family vehicle. That's what it's for, whatever it is. But there's something generic about vehicles. They're all carrying stuff from A to B. There's something generic about being church. We're all people who are called to carry the presence of God into the places he's called us to be. We're all called to be his witnesses. And yet, every church will have its own particular blueprint and purpose. Why did God raise up this church in this way for this purpose? And we believe that there is a particular blueprint that God has for us. That's, that's part of our particular calling within the wider church family here in Bristol and beyond. And I just want to unpack some of those things. So, our first priority as a church here at Woodlands is to be witnesses. When, when Jesus told his disciples that he was going to baptize them with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1, he said, in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. And Jesus' last words to his disciples was to to commission them to be witnesses, to go, to, to speak about what they've seen and heard, to, to tell people the good news about Jesus' Messiahship, his Lordship. And here at Woodis, we, we believe our, our, the reason God has called us into being is to be witnesses. Now, the gift of the Spirit is given for so many things. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't live the Christian life. But sometimes we can get so enamored with the wonderful things the Spirit does that we downplay the work of the Holy Spirit as witnesses. David Parker, who's a vineyard church leader in America, one of my heroes, said, if, I, if, if mission evangelism isn't number one in your church priorities, it won't make the top ten, because you'll get so consumed by your internal affairs. And I really think that's true. And honestly, I would say that from the very beginning of the Woodlands Church family, right from its earliest days, in, when Robin Plam started Highgrove Church, the priority was for those people who don't yet belong. The priority was for witness. That is the top of our agenda. We want to be a place where people who don't yet know the loving fatherhood of God, what it means to be rescued and filled with his spirit, that they've got that opportunity. So we need the spirit to fill and guide us. And the church in that call to be a witness is both a messenger and a message. For sure we've got things to tell people, but we've also got things to show people. It's like that in the book of Acts. What you hear and see is what... Peter said on the day of Pentecost, when he was explaining about the Spirit and the good news of Jesus, this is what you, what you see in here. This is that which was promised. And we want to say to people today in our communities, what you see as well as what you hear is that which was promised. So part of our call as a community is we've got to look like an outpost of the kingdom of heaven. And too often the church has not looked like an outpost of the kingdom of heaven, has it? So more of that and on. So part of looking like an outpost of the kingdom of heaven, we, we should be a place where it's okay to invite people to come and see. And to come and see and have such a positive surprise that they think, I didn't know Christians were like that. I didn't know church was like that. Now, the reality is the bar is quite low about what people expect. We can give people a positive surprise just by being under 70. <laughs> Honestly, we can. And, uh, and, but... I, mean, I don't want to downplay us, but 
I suppose my aspiration is, if somebody who doesn't yet know Jesus walked into this building today, and it may be that you are such a person, but you're here today as a seeker. We want to say that you are the most important person in the building today, and thank you for coming, and thank you for having the courage to do that. And if you are seeking God that way, it's because he's seeking you. He loves you. He's got his hand on your life already. But I would hope that somebody comes in, they would just have a sense of, first of all, of welcome. I think, I'd, 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 I hope that they would feel there's a sense in worship of people who are connecting with not just one another, but with the living God. There's a passion and a beauty about it. I hope that they would hear things from the front that would touch their hearts or invite questions or want them to go further. And I also hope that they would, if they'd come with a need, have the chance to get their prayer answered here and now in this building. And those four things are four W's that I hope we can find expressed every time we meet in any of our contexts around the Woodland Church family. That when we gather, there's welcome, worship, word, and wonders. And that we can see all of those things translate into ways that are really appropriate for our particular gatherings. Now, last Sunday I was here and I um, said hi to a family. And um, there was a, a girl I didn't know. Actually, she came with her brother who just moving upstairs into our student rooms. And she's, I said, oh, tell us about yourself. What do you do? She said, I'm doing a master's at UWE. I said, great, tell something about it, which she did. And then she said, I came here once as a first-year student. No one said hello to me, so I never came back. Now, she's got a church family down at Cornerstone, which is great. But for me, that's so disappointing. And it doesn't happen very often, I think, these days, because we really want to be on the ball. But honestly, I'm commissioning you as a community. You are, you are the welcome team. It's not just those people in the T-shirts. It's us, you know. And people need to be noticed and loved. And if we do that, it's not just you doing that. You're an ambassador of Jesus doing that. Anyway, so um, that come and see, that's really, really important to me. And I hope also that all of our programs that we have are really open to people who are looking for Jesus. But witness is more than come and see. It's also go and tell. And we need to be a going church. And that means for most of us going to our city and our region. Some of us beyond. At our 8 o'clock service today, we commissioned two people who are going overseas uh, for long-term service of God. And that's really excited to do that. But for most of us, it won't be that. It will be just maybe even going next door. It may be just going to my workplace with a, a sense that I'm going today as an ambassador. So let's just think a little bit about our strategy for neighborhood. We're a gathered church. Here in Bristol, we have people who come from Melksham today to be with us. We've got people from the Mendes, we've got people from North Somerset, we've got people from all over the place and all over our city. We're a gathered church, but we are a both-and church, which means we're also a local church, and we want to prioritize the neighborhoods. And that's why we planted Woodland Southside last January. And it's great to have Richard Pollard uh, here today, and then just give a proper wave, Richard. If you don't know, know Richard yet properly, because he's been quite busy, I just want to say how wonderful it is to have Richard and Nicky as part of our team. But they have a real heart for South Bristol. And actually, it might be that you're here today and you have a heart for South Bristol. And you want to say to Richard, how can I connect more with that neighborhood or with the neighborhood that I live in the South? But um, that's why we have once a month meetings in North Somerset. Zoe Germain's here today. Give us a wave, Zoe. Where are you? There she is. Stand up and turn around and give a proper smile. Come on. There she is. Now, 
Zoe is our rural minister. That means she has a straw that she puts in her mouth when she leaves the building. No, but um, Zoe lives in Backwell. It's a significant large village, and it serves a number of communities around that area in the, in, in the Mendips and in North Somerset. And so Zoe and her team are piloting once a month Woody's neighborhood in Backwell. And that will be a very family-friendly, very missional gathering to create a bridgehead for people who may never come. We can come and see. Well, it's a long way to come into Bristol. And actually, we want to come and see locally, and they're going to do some of that there. So we, we really bless and commend what you're doing there, Zoe. But actually, you're all going to be, probably most of you will be going into your workplace. Now, there's a lady here called Amber. Where are you, Amber? There she is. I had a wonderful meeting with Amber. I, got, I was so excited because she was telling me about the woman's urinal that she has invented. <laughs> it's true. So when, when um, Amber graduated and did her master's and all that kind of stuff, she and a friend set up um, a business. And what they do is they've, they've invented a female urinal which cuts down queuing time. <laughs> and Amber has been taking that around festivals like Glastonbury this summer. She's working really hard, and she's got a whole team of people, and she does that as a Christian, and somebody has a whole team of people working for her, and with a product that she thinks is going to really improve the, the, the well-being of womankind. And she's saying to me, it's a bit of a tension sometimes getting involved in church, because I used to lead a small group, and, this, and I, I just feel like it's been harder for me to get with church. But I want to say to Amber, go girl, because what you're doing is fantastic, and we want to see people like you in the workplace who've got definitely well-connected to church, but also well-connected in the workplace. And that's just Amber's story. There's lots of you who've got stories like that. And it was great to have the workplace conference um, recently, wasn't it? And to, to celebrate the fact that we are all out there and the quality of our lives and our work are important to God. So we commission you to go into the workplace as ministers of the kingdom of God. We want to go to, to people in need in our city. And again, Matt Dobson, where is he? Stand up, Matt, give a big wave. I think for Matt, who's our, our young adults pastor, for, for Matt, when Matt was running North Bristol Food Bank, I think that was quite transformational in many ways. I mean, Matt's done a lot of charitable work. But one of Matt's key roles for us in the city is with all the partners that we have, whether it's you know, In Hope or whether it's um, the food banks or whether it's TLG or all the other things where we have volunteering, to make it easy for people like you to go into the city as ambassadors of Jesus, to work with the people who are most marginalized and work with the poorest. And again, I really want to get, commend Richard Pollard on that one, because Richard, that's right on the heart of Woodland Southside. It's recognizing that in South Bristol there's multiple deprivation, and that church community actually doesn't want to just be a community of, of believers, or not just a community of people who witness to the, um, the privileged, but also to the poorest. So do, do connect with those guys if, if you need to do that. Our, our looking outward is also about the online world. How many people came to this church because they encountered us online? Could you put your hand up, good and high? All right, as I'm looking around the room, there's less people than I thought, which is kind of good and bad. But uh, what I do know is that um, when we do an Alpha course, loads of people just show up, not because they've come with a friend, but because they've come because they've been looking and they found it online. And um, Saffron, our new comms person, is really committed to having an outward-facing 
media. We want to be able to make our stuff online. And actually, those people didn't put their hands up. Those people are watching at home. Could you put your hand up now? I see your hand. And um, yeah, thank you. And, and again, part of this online ministry means that we want to be open to, for you to connect too, as well as people who can join us physically in the building. And I suppose at the end of the day, when people do come, they need to find community. You know, I often quote Acts 26, Paul's words there. We, we talked about his vision and his commission, which was to go to the Gentiles, to open their eyes, to turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, for the forgiveness of sins and a place amongst the sanctified. And for us, making place means building community. It means building small church as well as big church. It means midweek home groups of, of all kinds of ways, like the men's breakfast we had yesterday. That's a great place for people to connect. And the quality of that welcome and, and, and belonging is huge because people need to be noticed and loved. And also the quality of our unity is key. So on Tuesday, we'll be hosting here in this building the, the new wine hub with church leaders from all... Tuesday, I think, yeah, Tuesday. Um, and it's because we're committed to being part of the church in the city, working with others, working with as many people as possible to see our whole city networked with church families who don't just preach the message but say, you can belong to us, we want to care for you. So there's some service specifics for all of our services. What does welcome, worship, word and wonders look like here at the 11 o'clock? What does community look like at the 11 o'clock? And what does, how is mission facilitated? But I'm going to hand over, and we'll take a bit more time over this than normal, to my esteemed colleague, Rachel Riddle, who leads this particular congregation to tell you more. And I'm going to be brief, okay, guys? So... Um Listen up, because Dave has, what Dave has basically said, I'm basically saying, yes, that, that. But I just want to kind of have a couple of minutes, actually four minutes, going to time me, four minutes, to um, just, I guess, go a bit deeper in, in some of the things that he said. And really, our, the mission that we have as a team here at the Eleven is to, really what I want to do is to help people build connection to Jesus and to help build connection with each other. And coming out of COVID, I've had lots of conversations with people and they said things like, I don't know who my community is anymore. I don't know where I fit anymore at Woody's. I don't know who my people are. I don't know um, where I belong or which service I should connect into. And I'm just feeling a bit lost. And if I had a pound for every person that had said that to me, I would be very rich woman. Actually, I wouldn't be that rich. I'd probably be about 50 quid. But quite a few people have said that to me. And I realize it is a real issue in this community. And it's a real issue across the services, but in this service, which is the, the most important one. To me, to me, to me, to me. <laughs> and uh, so what we want to do, <laughs> actually, I didn't scrub that, scrub that, sorry, um, is help people build connection to Jesus because he is the one we're here for. And as Dave said, every Sunday we have people coming into the building that don't know Jesus. You are probably sitting near somebody today that is here exploring faith, finding out about faith. We can have this kind of belief that we just think, oh, we're all you know, at the same stage in our faith, but we're not. And many people come to church because they're interested in reconnecting with the faith of old or they've, they know a Christian at work who's invited them to church and they're here. So when you're here in this building on a Sunday morning, we need to be really great at welcoming those around us and not assuming that everyone's a Christian because we want this to be a place where everybody is welcome, from the oldest to the youngest, to those that know faith, 
and have no faith to those that know Jesus and are wanting to find out who Jesus is. And it's our, our job as, as the community of this service to be the people that Dave said are welcoming, are able to listen, are able to listen to the Holy Spirit and maybe you know, give a word of encouragement to somebody or say, oh, are you new here? Yes, I am. Oh, tell me about yourself. We are the welcomers. Every single one of us. You might think, oh, I'm a bit shy. I, I find it hard to speak to somebody um, next to me. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a bit of boldness and confidence so that you can be the person that welcomes everybody else. We are the, the light of the world. That's not a maybe. That is a, that's true. That's who we are. So wherever you go out from here on Sunday morning, we want really to be a place you can bring people to. Could you invite somebody to this service next week? Could you ask God to lay somebody on your mind to pray for, to invite along to church? Lots of people bring their friends to church, their neighbours to church, their, their work colleagues to church, their university friends to church, their people they work with and live next door to. Could you do that? Could come and see actually translate into, yeah, come and see, come and try it. You might not like it. It might be a bit weird, but the people are nice, most of them. You know, could you say that? Everyone's nice. Not, not most of them, everyone's nice. But could we be a real invitational community where we're inviting people to come with us to church or to Alpha, which happens to start on October the 5th? Just thought I'd drop it in there because we want to invite people to come along with us, to come and see, to taste and see that Jesus is really, really good and knowing him is really, really good news. Could you do that? Three of you can. Can you do that? Yay, amazing. Okay, just moving on. The other thing that we, I really want to do as, as the sort of the leader of the team here at 11 a.m. is to strengthen our community because COVID has trashed it a bit, hasn't it? COVID has really trashed our communities, our friendships, our relationships, and our connections. So we're trying to kind of work hard at that. And it's a bit of a slow process, but we are in a rebuilding process at the 11. And you might have noticed that because sometimes it feels a little bit wobbly around the edges like this morning when there wasn't any, enough people to do refreshments and everyone's scrabbling around trying to do it because we're in the rebuilding phase. So if sometimes it does feel a bit scrappy. It's because it's kind of all hands on deck. Could you be a hand on the deck? Could you be somebody that could pitch in and help once a month on a team? There's loads of teams that you could join. Could you help on a team? Could you be on welcome team? Do you like drinking coffee? I personally don't drink coffee. Weird, huh? I don't like it. I think it tastes horrible and nasty. I'm a tea drinker. But it doesn't mean you can't serve coffee if you don't like drinking it. So if you'd like to join the refreshment team and, you, and welcome as a priority to you, you'd like making people feel welcome, come talk to me because we'd love you to join a team. But three, four things. Making room. As a community, we need to make room for people. All sorts of people. Any people. If somebody is living and breathing, then we want to make room for them here. There's no barriers to who can come and who could feel welcome. And so can you be a person that makes room for somebody? Could you make room for them in your home group, in your, around your kitchen table, for coffee, in a, in a prayer trip, in a conversation? Could you meet somebody on a Sunday and say, hey, let's, let's swap numbers? Do you want to meet for coffee? Or do you want to kind of join the WhatsApp group? Or do you want to come along and try our home group? We need to have people that make room. Could you join in and join a team of some sort? Could you not just be um, an observer, although that's really fine actually to be an observer for a while, but could you take a step and join in and join in in some way? 
could you connect midweek? You know, if you just come on a Sunday, I mean, I think I love this service. And, you know, I can get all soppy and say, I love this community a great deal. I, I lie awake sometimes thinking about how to make it better and pray for you guys. But can you come not just on a Sunday, but can you connect in the week? Because if you just come on a Sunday, you'll just get to meet a few people. But if you connect with a smaller community in some way, that's where the traction happens. That's where the growth happens. That's where the, we sort of rub up against each other and we call things out of each other and we trust God with things and we pray for each other. That's where the growth happens. So if you want to grow, you want to become a disciple, we need to do more than just come on a Sunday and think about what that looks like. Could you start a small group? Could you say, well, I couldn't start a small group, but I could help start a small group. You've had two start in the last few months. We need a shed load more. So if that's you, you feel a stirring, come talk to me. Finally, the weekend away. Yeah, like, what weekend away? Okay, we are having a weekend away in November the 18th to the 20th for the 11 a.m. congregation. It's top secret. Don't let anybody else come. No, I'm joking about that, obviously. It's, it's mainly for us, but, you know, we're a welcoming vibe and anyone can come. But we are going to Hebron Hall in Wales. We're going to have a weekend away. It's going to be fab. There's going to be um, amazing talks, fantastic worship. There's going to be games, fun, free time. There's even swimming for those that like getting wet. Um, it's going to be an opportunity to build community, make connections, get to know it, people. It, you can come on your own if you don't know anyone, and you can come with your pastor, your family. You can invite people to come with you. That would be amazing. You can come just for the day on Saturday if that's more your vibe, and we would love you, love you, love you to come. We're going to email you more details about it. You can start signing up this week. If you don't get an email from me, it's because you're not on the 11 a.m. kind of email list, so just find me on the website, send me, add me to that list. Or go onto the church events diary and you'll find more information on there. It's, it's in on November the 18th, 19th, 20th. And finally, for me, pray for me and our team as we lead this congregation. I actually feel very passionate about you lot and this service. But I sometimes feel the weight of that. Feels, sometimes feel a bit like, oh, it's a lot of people. Um, and let's just keep loving Jesus, right? Because that's really who it's about. Loving Jesus, loving Jesus, 